Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Hey, like Roy Jones said, I said, y'all must have forgot. And I see you media people as well with your little clickbait headlines. But trust me, I have to make y'all remember why we the best. I saw some criticism. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and maybe go back to soccer. How good does it feel to be back? You know, I made history here tonight. I set another record. You know what I mean? I'm very proud of that accomplishment. The UFC, they can strip fires and give to the fires, make believe belts in order to replicate my champ champ status. But they can't give knockout victories across multiple weight divisions. WFAN and Radio.com. I'm on the West Coast side. Mike Tyson should have been here anyway. He's the baddest man on the planet, right? He should have been the one. He should have been the one over here. Uh, I'm over here on the rock, huh? <laughs> you guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side, so he could get it, too. He could get an ass whipped, too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely want to defend my 145 belt. And let's see, I'm going to talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm going to call you. We're going to have a talk. I love you, boy. Suki Woman is coming tomorrow. And she doesn't know what's coming. Don't blink tomorrow. Believe me, I put such a great job. Suki Woman is coming for you Here's your fight fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the Fight Fan with your host Pete Hoffman. Follow me at the HoffWFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman, all over social media, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff, Instagram. Go look it, find it, follow it, like it, tweet it, retweet, repost, rehashtag, all that stuff. This week, I have two special guests joining me. Yarzinho Rosenstrike, who is the main event for UFC in Vegas 20. He's facing Cyril Gon on uh, ESPN Plus. 8 p.m. is the main event start time. Heavyweight fight. This is a huge fight for Rosenstrike and Gon as well because both of them are up there as far as... Uh, Next contender after Francis and Stipe, and if John Jones gets the next shot after that, Rosenstrike or gone can potentially have the next opportunity uh, for a heavyweight title opportunity, that is. Also, later on, Michael Lorenzen 
pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, will be joining us. Great conversation with him. Talks about how, first of all, I found him, uh, his video of him training, and I see a picture of him or a video of him and Jason Perillo, the striking coach extraordinaire. If you know him, Michael Bisbing, Luke Rockhold, BJ Penn, uh, all, all those fighters, and Cheeto Vera. And Michael Lorenzen is sitting there striking with Jason Perillo. And that got my curiosity going of, how did this happen? Because that is nuts. Uh, but Michael Lorenzen will join us a little bit later on, and we get into all that and more and how uh, baseball uh, is going to need to do a better job of promoting to the younger people, younger younger kids, and how they're working on it. And I love that. It's a really great conversation, really great insight from Michael Lorenzen and um, who his favorite fighter is and why. Uh, so we get into a lot of cool stuff with that. Both Yerzinio Rosenstrike and Michael Lorenzen join us, and that'll be uh, a little bit later on. But big fight card, as I was talking about, uh, with the uh, UFC Vegas, UFC in Vegas 20, that is the name. UFC in Vegas, there's the fight nights, there's all this stuff. There's all these different names. It's not the pay-per-view, um, but you know we, the numbers just keep on growing, and every location just keeps on growing, and the numbers keep on going up, and that's good. It's all good things. Um, our boy Chris Wade, uh, his PFL fight got announced, so that's awesome. Chris Wade, uh, lightweight for the PFL organization, uh, is back, and that's cool. So we'll get to see him uh, very soon in the PFL. That They're building their, their roster. Anthony Pettis is in the lightweight division now. Um, the now I'm, now I'm drawing blank. Is it for Doom? Is in the uh, in PFL. Then you got Bellator, who stole Yoel Romero from the UFC. Not stealing. I, yeah, I don't know if stealing is the proper term. If the UFC has decided to move on from some of these older fighters, which we've talked about, we've talked about how uh, the fact that not too long ago the UFC decided to make some cuts. The, the roster's too big. Dana White made a big point of saying the roster is too big. We cannot keep the, the you know 500 plus fighters. It's just impossible to keep them going. And not to mention, you want the best fights. You want to have the best fights possible in these promotions. And to not be able to stack cards left and right, to not be able to build up a roster of just hungry fighters and the best fighters of all time, some of these guys are sitting around a little bit too long. And it's it's no, it's nothing more than, you know, it's it's anybody in any sport in any job. You know, they want to hang on. They, they, they don't want to hang them up. Uh, do you force them out? Do you let them leave on their own terms? Some people have the respect to to leave on their own terms, especially if they're still good. Like Frankie Edgar, for example. I know we just saw him get knocked out not too long ago with Corey, uh, Corey Sanhagen. But he's still a great fighter and still performs at a very high level. It's not like he's not performing at a high level. He just happened to get cracked by a nasty flying knee with Corey Sanhagen. So for a guy like Frankie Edgar, you still give an opportunity to. Uh, he's not holding up a division. You know, that's the other thing you have to look at too. He's not holding up a division and causing a division to kind of like get stale. No, he's just putting together some really good fights. You're going to watch him fight. You know? Jim Miller is that type of guy too. 
You know, uh, Scott Holtzman is up there too. Like, you know, he's he's hanging around the lightweight division. He wants to, to climb up the ladder. And not for nothing, uh, but you see him and, and he performs at a high level. And he's not, they're not, we're not doing anything wrong. You know, they're not doing anything to to prevent other people from getting opportunities. You know, and, and you just want to see them have opportunities too, if possible, if it comes their way. Uh, so it's nice to see, though, PFL, Bellator, uh, one championship. They announced that, who is it? Uh, Sage Northcutt is fighting. Um, and some other people have made announcements too. So it's good to see these other organizations start to really balloon their roster, not with just like, again, I, I, I hate the dog on Bellator. It's not the point is the dog on Bellator, but you look at their roster sometimes or look at their, you look at what they used to put out there how they promoted their events, and they put together some crazy um, headlining fights where it's like, oh, you know, like 15 years ago, that was really cool, and now it's just really pathetic. Now at least you could say it's not as pathetic as it once was. And I'm not trying to rip Scott Coker and what he wants to, you know, what, what, his, what his plan is. You know, they've got the money. Again, Bellator considers themselves the Yankees of the MMA world because they're able to pay their employees a little bit more than some of the other promotions. So that's good. So they're able to stack a roster in that stance. And I do like the fact that, you know, some of these fighters are getting paid uh, money after they've well-deserved it. You know, like some of these fighters, you know, they're in their 40s and, and we go, why are you still around? Well, because you're getting paid money, which they weren't able to do in the UFC. And that's not a knock on the UFC. That's just where we've come with the sport today. You know? So, I, again, I, I can't knock. There's so many things. There's so many things you could sit in there and criticize and 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 rip apart and trip, rip to shreds and be like, oh, you know, this is just poorly. Uh, the, the finances of it is poorly produced and upsetting. But I, I'm not there for that. I, I'm not. I'm just trying to get the most entertainment uh, value out there. What gets me excited? What gets me excited is to see Yoel Romero fight um, Rumble, Rumble Johnson, Anthony Rumble Johnson. That gets me excited. You know what I mean? Like that. That's a cool fight. We haven't seen Johnson fight in quite some time now, and I always love watching Yoel Romero fight. And now they're gonna fight in the Bellator tournament. Like that's cool. That's a good job by them. So uh, a lot of cool announcements on on those fronts. Um, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade just got announced for the UFC. She's going to defend that that belt, uh, that 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 flyweight belt, and that is exciting because Shevchenko is by far, um, if it's not Amanda Nunes, it's Valentina Shevchenko is by far the best female fighter in MMA right now. Again, Amanda Nunes clearly has the edge on her just because she's champ champ. And she has beat Valentina twice. But I have to say, Valentina has put up the best performances against Amanda Nunes both times. And uh, Nunes did not take her lightly and didn't really engage as much as she has in other fighters. She hasn't. She didn't strike the way she did with other fighters. She definitely sat back a little bit more because uh, Valentina Shevchenko definitely causes issues with everybody she she faces. So that's cool. That's good. That's uh that that fight is announced. Excited by that. Another fight that is announced with the Jake Paul Ben Askren uh, fight card that uh, it's starting to build. Frank Mir is picking up the boxing gloves, and he's going against uh, 
Tarver, if I'm correct. Uh, if I read that correct, I think that's uh, who he's fighting. But but Frank Mir, former UFC um, champion, is going up against uh, Tarver in that boxing uh, that that undercard of Jake Paul and Ben Askren. So that you know that's actually becoming a somewhat entertaining. Fight card that I'll probably end up watching because now that you're putting Ben Askren and Frank Mir, and we'll see who else is on the card, I'll probably end up watching it. But I, I again, I'm not really for those type of fights, but so be it. That being said, listen, I don't want to. Again, we have two really great interviews. Yerzinho is um, in a huge spot for him right now, going up against Cyril Gunn. We're going to get into that. We're going to get it. Going to get into the fact that he really has been crushing some of my favorite fighters of all time, and that's really disappointing. Not disappointing, but that hurts me because I'm such a big um, MMA fan, and I you have, you build these connections with these guys, like whether you're watching them or whether you talk to them, and then you see them get knocked out, and now you're talking to somebody who's done the knocking out, and it's just a diff, you know it's a different feeling. So, no further ado, without any further ado, is that what it is? Further ado, whatever the heck it is. Um, Yarzinho Rosenstrike, who is headlining UFC in Vegas 20, joins us now on The Fight Fan. This is The Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, and joining us main eventing this Saturday on ESPN Plus, Yarzinho, Yarzinho Biggie Boy, Rosenstrike. Uh, Yarzinho, thanks so much for joining me. How does it feel to be main event again? Nah, it feels great uh, having your own card, and yeah. Having five rounds, you have more time to do the job. I mean, it can be fast, it can be longer, but I mean, I'm ready. And so if I can go whatever I want, but it feels great. You know, this month, this the past few weeks, and there's a lot of heavyweight bouts that are main events and they're just, it's just a huge, the division is so stacked right now. You know, you just saw this weekend between uh, uh, Lewis and Blades, and then we got Francis and Stipe. I mean, we've seen your your rise in this division. How does it feel to be right now, like the the, res- the resurgence of the U- of the heavyweight division? Nah, it feels great, and I put a lot of work, so uh, all which pays off, and that's why I'm in this spot. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm looking for more. And right now, I'm feeling good, and I'm ready to go this Saturday. You know, you, so, you say that, you know, you're feeling good. You're not there yet. I mean, tell me, how does it, how does it training for this fight? Again, you, you had a great rebound fight with the G, JDS. I mean, you're just devastating. You're, you, you punch real hard, dude. You, you're, you're a big guy. I mean, Francis Ngannou, we understand who Francis is. It looks like you really want that rematch. I mean, he, it's, it's setting up where it's working in your favor. You're, everything you want, you're going to get. How does that feel? It feels good. I mean, um, I'm in the right spot, and I feel good. Uh, I've been training a lot. I train, I train really good for this fight. Um, uh, what I mean, I'm not there yet, is we're still learning the MMA game. It's different. I'm, I come from a kickboxing background, uh, developing my, 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 uh, my ground game. And it's going the good way, so I'm happy about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, would you say your ground game is better than like that of a Conor McGregor? Or <laughs> nah, what I mean, what I mean, <laughs> is better than when I, when I fought over me. Yeah. And I did, so 
So that's what I meant to say. But, you know, you've been training with ATT. I mean, they're, they're one of the best in MMA. I mean, if not, they're arguably the best. How is it training with them? Like, give me some of the people that really have, have worked well with you in, your, in helping you perfect your ground game. I'm almost working with everybody. I train with Conan Zilevieira, train with uh, Kim Moe, who's been busy with me all the time. He's going to corner me for this fight, too. I've been training with Steve Marco, but I have a phenomenal wrestling background, and he's teaching me a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of technique, uh, even, even uh, escapes, and when somebody got you on the ground, and even attacks, offensive, offensive wrestling. That's what Moe teaching me, too, is basically. So, uh, I mean, it feels good to train with ADT. I learn a lot. The coaches are really focusing on me and make sure I'm developing every time. And, yeah, I mean, it, it feels good and it's great. How would you say, I mean, listen, you're, are your top five right now in the, in the UFC heavyweights? You're, you're arguably, uh, after this fight with, with Cyril Ghosn, you know, if you're winning, you're, you're arguably up there for, if not a title fight, your contender fight, you know, um, but along the way you've knocked out and you've destroyed some of my favorite fighters of all time. Like Andre Olovsky. I love that dude. Like, I, I mean, I watched him over the weekend again. It was a rough performance for him, but like you see these legends of the sport and you're literally taking them down one at a time. If you could say like there was a dream to become the heavyweight champion of the UFC, is, is this what you would expect? Um, yeah. I want to face the best of the division, and I want to win from the best, so then I can become the best. So facing Andre Alosky, facing Junior, facing Overeem, I mean, those guys been in the game forever. It's only respect that you can face them, and I'm happy that I faced them, that I passed them, because then you know you're in a, you're in a good path if you can win from those fighters, even they're a little bit up in age than me. But they still have the skill, the experience, and I was able to stop them. And that means I'm in a, I'm in a good race, and I'm focusing, and I'm going to stay in that race. I mean, you, you saw Randy Couture. I mean, that was, that was a long time ago, but he did win a title in his 40s. So, I mean, it, it doesn't make a difference. Ages is the number. I mean, it all depends on your skill set. So, uh, clearly, you're up there. But you talk about you want to face the best. Who is the best? in the heavyweight division right now? We know Stipe has the belt, but who do you think is the best in the heavyweight division? If you have the belt, you're the best. Everybody has to climb the mountain, and when they have the mountain, they have to probably speak your language. And right now it's Stipe. So yeah. the only thing we after is the belt. It's not a person. If Stipe holding the belt, then it's Stipe the guy who we're going for. If Francis is holding the belt, as the fighter we're going for. So, I mean, there's no bad blood between nobody. We only want to go for the best and we want to make ourselves the best. And that's the way, that's the, 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 the path, the journey to follow. You say there's no bad blood, but I mean, honestly, when you get in there, it's, I, I see how you perform and it's, it, you turn on the switch. And you're, you're a nice guy. You're, you're, you sound, you seem humble. You're a good dude. You're, but like, there's a switch that goes off. Explain it to me because I've talked to a bunch of people about it. We've talked about it with Stipe even, you know, even Francis. Francis, I've got to be honest, he's a sweetheart. I've, he's met my son before. He held him in his hands and, and it just like is a nice guy. But what's, what is the switch that changes when you get into that cage? I mean, when you go in that cage, you know that everything you're working for is right in front of you. And that person's going to take it from you if you don't take it from them. So 
it's a hell of a fight, but you have to go through it and you have to go through that person to go further with your life. And that's the only thing that I see when I'm in the octagon. In a rematch with Francis, because that's where you're arguably, that's where you're headed. Um, what, what are you going to, what's, what's to change? How do you change? How do you change your approach to fighting Francis Ngannou? This guy like Francis is strong. Don't go in a dog fight with him right away. Drag him between the rounds a little bit. And uh, he might slow down. I think. Yeah. When I see in the future what's going to appear, what kind of opportunities you see what we have. And of course, I'm looking forward to a fight like that. It would be awesome for me. How do you feel about John Jones being in the heavyweight division now? Like, again, we, we don't know where he's going to be. It's supposedly he's next in line between Stipe and Francis. And again, like, that's kind of upsetting because you're well deserving of it. You know, it's like someone just cutting in line, be like, ah, you know what? We're going to give it to this guy. Give me your thoughts on John Jones, the heavyweight division. I think John Jones entering the heavyweight division is motivating because, you know, he's one of the best. And he's skipping the line. It's fine with me. I'm still learning. I'm still fighting all these fighters. And I want to be fighting. After this, I want to look for a quick turnaround and be in the game, be in the, in the octagon, be in the wash machine, get the game under control. That when the title shot come, I'm ready to go and I can win the title and I can, become, I can call myself the best fighter of the world. You have fought in front of thousands of people. You've also fought in front of nobody. Uh, explain, explain to me the difference when you're when the doors close in the cage, how much that affects you facing, you know, fighting? Does, does, does not having a crowd there? For me, uh, it doesn't really matter. But what I what I I think it have its good and its bad its bad sides. Because now you can hear your coaches right and clearly, even the coaches from the opponent. If you can understand the language, you know where the fight goes. But right now. When, when we have the crowd, you couldn't hear anything. You're just in there and you have, the only time you have is like a one-minute rest and get all the information and go back in the fight and be there for five minutes and go back, you know? So it has its good side and its bad side. But right now, it's in our favor. I care my coaches. And I know when to pick up the pace. I know when to put the pressure. It helps. Jorginho, uh your opponent... Cyril Ghosn, uh, how do you expect this fight to go? Is it going to go the distance? So you're trying to end this quick because you do want to fight again soon. So it's better to 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 make things quick, and right. So how do you expect how do you expect this fight to go? Yeah, I mean, I'm always looking for a finish. Um, so this is a different type of heavyweight. He likes to move. He likes to bounce. Uh, we're gonna see where the fight goes. Uh, any opportunity that appeals, I'm the guy who's able to finish the fight. If he make a mistake. Any error will be punished with a KO. So I'm going forward and win this fight this Saturday. There's Zidio. Uh, appreciate the time, man. I really do. I wish you the best of luck this weekend. We're looking forward to your hand being raised. And I'm really looking forward to that rematch with Francis because I think everyone is, looking, is excited for that. I mean, you're talking about the, the most hyped-up fights in the heavyweight division. You and, and Francis is definitely up there. So, I mean, I really do hope to see that again. Overcome the future is bright, so I'll be working this Saturday, win this fight, and we'll see what Francis Thank you. Yeah, there's no appreciate it. Listen, be, be safe. Best of luck and talk to you soon, okay? Be safe with your family. Is it weird to call Yarzinho Rosenstrike a sweet guy? Same thing with Francis and Gano. Is that weird to call them sweet guys? I, I'm sure that they take offense to that because they're like killers in the cage, but. 
that's what they are. You know, they, they, they're not, they're not, it's the, the mentality is not an all kill mentality. They just, they just happen to be really good at, at knocking people's heads off. Uh, but very cool stuff, interesting stuff and a humble guy. And really, I do really think that he's, uh, going to get a title fight soon, whether it's going to be Francis, that would be incredible. Cause I'd like to see that rematch. Could be Stipe, could be John Jones, but those are the those are the people that are up there right now. I mean, again, Derek Lewis is someone that that's going to be in the in the um, thrown in there as well. Will he get another shot? I mean, we saw the DC uh, title fight that he had versus DC. That was a different fight, you know. You it, again, we talked about matchups all the time. We talked about that with Chris Wade and Jan Gomes a couple weeks ago. That certain matchups are not good. DC versus Derek Lewis was never a good matchup for DC. For, for Derek Lewis, I excuse me. That never a good matchup for Derek Lewis. But the rematch of Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou, that could be fun. Um, and then Derek Lewis versus Stipe or even a John Jones, that could be fun too. There's a lot of the, the heavyweight division is starting to really bulk up again. And uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens. Um, but I have to get through this weekend first. And then we have to get through uh, Stipe Francis too. And then we'll go from there. Um, also on the docket, we have Michael Lorenzen coming up. Uh, we get into some really great conversation. Baseball seasons. T- spring training is back, people. I, I know that this is an MMA show, but I'm a huge fan of baseball. So, so to me, this is just adding a, another layer of entertainment, sports entertainment. And um, spring training starting Sunday. And Michael Lorenzen joins us, and we're going to get into a little bit of of how he got into MMA, who his favorite fighters are, and more. And Michael Lorenzen now joins us of the Cincinnati Reds on the Fight Fan. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, and we're being joined right now by Cincinnati Reds starting pitcher Michael Lorenzen. What's going on, man? How are you doing? Nothing much. I'm doing good. I'm um, out here in Arizona, uh, Goodyear, Arizona, for spring training. I just got to the facility did my COVID test and now uh uh we're on to the the radio show is this is this what how many tests is this so far for you just the first one of the season or what no we we've been doing it we we um do one every other day um a saliva test every other day and um usually get the results back um by the next day so it kind of flows to where everyone makes sure that they're tested negative as they come in to the facility do you think who, who's been tested more? Do you think you or Dana White? <laughs> well, so the, Dana, it looks like they do the um, the nose swab test, which we don't do, which is um, good. Brutal. So, Brutal, yeah, the nose dude. swab tests don't look fun. I've had like three of them already, man. It is not fun. It's yeah, the, the, the saliva is that's the way to go if you're gonna choose. Oh, oh yeah. So like, explain to me this, because I saw the video on MLB Network. I saw it a couple times. I'm like, dude, how did you get in touch with Jason Perillo? Like, how, how did that come about? Like, you're a pitcher, but, like, how do you go out? Like, I'm going to be, a, you know, going to go train today, and you just stumble upon Jason Perillo. Explain that to me. Yeah, so I've, I follow some some fighters, and I and I would always see him post, you know, video of this gym in, in the Ruka gym there down in um, – in Costa Mesa and so I looked it up and I and I found that it was in Costa Mesa and I bought a house probably like 15 minutes from the facility there Ruka headquarters and I actually just dm'd him on Instagram and said hey man I've been you know want to do you do privates that's really what I said do you do just one-on-one you know privates and he said yeah absolutely and and uh we scheduled one literally for the next day and I was going in I've been going 
ever since during the off seasons and, and having a good time with that. So it's been awesome, man. It looks crazy. I mean, he's one of the best boxing coaches out there. So, I mean, that, yeah. that to me is just like, that's, a, that's like a crazy to be in that. Like who, who else do you train with besides Jason? Do you train with other fighters as well? Or is it just you and him just one-on-one -on -one most of the time? Um, it'll just be me and him. And then obviously I'm just kind of sitting and watching him train Cheeto um, and Luke Rockhold and all these, all these studs. BJ Penn was in there the other day when I was, when I was in there, just kind of sitting back and, and watching and seeing how they go about it. And kind of, it's just a, a completely different vocabulary than I'm used to speaking. And I've been, I've been training for the past, since 2015. Um, I started going to uh, Tito's gym in Huntington Beach actually there with the guy there and I started I got into Muay Thai there um, and then so I've just kind of like every every city I, I'm living in at the time I kind of hit someone up and see if I can go in and train and um, it's been it's worked out so far and um, but yeah it, it's it's like a completely different vocabulary like I was saying and so learning like you'll see you'll see elite athletes and you'll you'll watch them put on boxing gloves or something and they look like they you know they don't look very athletic at all like they look you know that they're lost and so that's kind of, you know, I, I want to, I just want to learn the, the vocabulary, learn the movements and, and I'm, I'm just fascinated by it all. And, you know, self-defense and just obviously like it has, I tell people all the time, it may have nothing to do with baseball, but it, it has at the same time, it has everything to do with baseball. It's all the same movements. It's all learning the body. And, and like, if he tells me one thing and it clicks with the body, it's like, whoa, that's how, okay. I could, I could use that on the mound now. You know what I mean? You just never know by doing different things, what might click for me, you know, on, on the baseball field. Now, does that like, cause you've watched clearly what's been going on with, with the, no fans being in, in the, the octagon and whatnot. And the coach is basically like throwing out what they want, the combos they want and all different codes and stuff like that. Have you learned different codes as well now? Because pitching with no crowds, it's gotta be a little bit uh, more difficult to deal with that uh, in the major leagues as well. So have you picked up like different, cheat code not cheat code but different like combinations I guess you could say no not really he's not he's not like teaching too many com combinations he's just kind of putting his you kind of got to use your eyes and he doesn't call out you know one two three one you know one three whatever he's just wherever you see his mitt kind of thing you're, you're hitting it and um which has kind of been good for me because it's it's he always says it use your eyes use your vision use your eyes like see where the glove is see where the mitt is and and you know, hit it and, and know what punch to throw. And so it's kind of developing that way to where you're kind of flowing through it and you're not, uh, you know, like that computer part of your brain isn't functioning. You're more, you're more in that flow state, which is kind of, it's pretty neat. And then, but yeah, pitching with no crowds, it, it was, it was different at first. Um, and I think the hardest part was you could hear the other dugout and every, and guys talk a lot of crap. And so, you, you know, usually you don't hear that stuff. So, you, you know, you give up a double and guys are talking crap and, you know, you take it personal, you want, you know, you want. And so I think there was a lot more bench clearing stuff last year than probably normal. But as the season went on, they started playing the PA system a lot louder, like the fake fans and stuff a lot oh, louder. Yeah. So you couldn't yeah. really hear anybody. So it, they made it, they made it as, um, you know, game-like as possible. When, when you did get into those scuffles, you feel confident with your skills? Like, I could take all these guys. They have no <laughs> idea that I <laughs> Well, I mean, these guys – Baseball players are, are some pretty big dudes. There's some pretty big guys on the field, but oh, you're Garrett, yeah, dude. Let's yeah. be serious. That's your boy. No, he's a beast, man. He's a beast. <laughs> so he's probably got me by like 45 pounds. So you know, you're, there's no weight class here. So it's just it's a little 
it's a little different, but you know, obviously I'm never going to seek out anything like that or try and do anything like that. But the, 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 you just, it's just good to know that, it, that you can protect yourself if necessary. Well, that's the point of it. That, that, that's really the, the, the aspect of it. That's how I want my kids to get involved with it too, because it's like, you know, in this day and age, you want to be able to control yourself, be disciplined, but learn to protect yourself. So it's like, I feel like MMA teaches everybody that time at all different levels. You know what I mean? At 100%, man, I, I, my kids will be doing this from, you know, day one, they'll be getting into BJJ and Muay Thai and boxing and all this stuff. And, and I just think like, it's more of this, Yeah, it, it has everything to do with the mind. And I, and I feel like guy, kids who grow up in that world, they're used to getting punches thrown at them. They're used to having that body to body contact and that physical contact. And it's not like this fantasy in their head to where kids who don't train, they like to like puff their chest out and like, you know what I'm saying? And like oh, try yeah. and show it off. And it's like, I want my kids to walk around like, man, I don't need to fight anybody here. I fight literally, you know, I'm going to go train later today and have someone throw punches at my face. You know what I mean? Like, so they're, they're just a different world and a different approach to life when you, when you have these skills under your belt. I don't know if you saw that viral video that just went out there. I mean, again, like not everyone's in touch. I have to for the, for my company, but like that video that went out where like two like jocks were like picking on these two kids trained in MMA and they like, they were in a bathroom and the brawl took place and the guy just was like, you know, whatever. And the, the guys that trained MMA beat the, beat the crap out of these yeah. bullies. It's just like, you don't know the guy, the guys are bigger, taller, but you just don't know who you're messing with. So that's that's absolutely true and like that's always last resort for sure if you feel threatened um but like i said there's not like this like cool guy mentality it's like <laughs> it's like dude i get you know i get freaking choked out you know twice a day <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't need to do it now and i don't really care to i don't i don't care to do it now either but you know if you force me to do that then obviously i'm gonna have to who's the most intimidating when you're when you're training who's the who's the one person you're like oh dude i don't i don't really want to work with them today or or when you first met them you're like this is this is i'm definitely not in, in the right place right now <laughs> yeah i haven't honestly i haven't trained with a ton of guys when i walk into that world too like th this this is a pretty funny story we were filming this video and um and he needed to get shots of me just boxing i was, I was doing a lesson with jason and he, the our video guy rick he's he's great and he works with ufc he know he's really good friends with all the guys and he was like hey can we shut the music off for you know two minutes just shut the music off and i'm like bro like <laughs> come on man like, you got tito you got luke rockhold you got all these guys in there training and you're gonna tell them to shut the music off because a baseball player is trying to film <laughs> like, like come on dude let's please don't he's like no 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 you don't they, like they'll get it they don't understand and so Jason was telling him to shut the music off and you know we'd be training the music would come back on and and we'd have to stop and we'd have to tell him to shut it off I'm like bro please stop just please like <laughs> let him play the music I don't care like like I don't need this video that much and and just like the respect factor of of that happening and and so man I don't want to because I, I and I was telling him man if you came into the baseball world and like guys that didn't play baseball were in my world and they were trying to make demands of like and affecting our training guys would guys wouldn't be happy <laughs> and so that's baseball players like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to make luke rockhold very very angry you know right you know i get <laughs> like, you man i get you you see what he can like, do man you don't want to mess with that yeah, yeah so so yeah just i i just have a 
of respect for these guys. And I understand that, you know, they do this. This is their job. You know, they've been training for years and years and years. And their vocabulary and the, is, is way beyond mine when it comes to, to this. And so I'm not trying to mess with any of them, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah. So may, maybe next year I, I might try and train a little more with, with, um, with them and, and get in there with them. But I don't, I don't like messing with any of them, to be honest. Who, who's the best relationship that you have, like, with, with fighter-wise? Is there one particular fighter that you're just, like, boys with? Um, I mean, there's a lot of good guys over at Ruka. Um, you know, Cheeto's super cool, man. He's, he's the man, and I, I love watching him get after and just, like, the focus that he has and the drive that he has to get better is pretty impressive. And then you see him, like, take care of everything else, too, with the nutrition and, and just, just everything, like a total professional. And so, like, I, I got – he sent me a video which was super cool of of him um of him one second he sent me a cool video of him playing baseball with his kid they don't play baseball where he's from so right he had no idea like what baseball really was <laughs> and so he's playing with his kid and um it was it, he sent it to me on Instagram and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I ended up going to like a Dick sporting goods and buying a, like a baseball bag, some wiffle balls, a wiffle ball bat, like a batting gloves, a bunch of different, some eye black and some big league chew, <laughs> a bunch of different stuff that I thought, you know, his kid would like. And so, um, you know, that relationship with him has been, has been, you know, good to have for sure. Such an electric fighter too, man. When he steps into the cage, it's, it's unbelievable. Like I, he's like, a, he's like, a can't miss fighter right now for sure. I, 100% man and he's just he's just got he has that fighter mentality in him he's just he's not going to back down to anyone and, and he, he just does not care and you have to have that kind of carelessness to it too like you know you see the best athletes of like they're not afraid to fall on their face like they they don't they don't have that fear that's going on in the back of their head of what if I go out and and, and fail it's like no nah, I'm just going to go out and do what I know how to do and it's going to be good enough. And I know it. And so I see that in him and it's, it's like I said, it's fun to watch. I just, I just uh, interviewed uh, Rosenstrike who's fighting this weekend versus Cyril Ghosn. Uh, I just interviewed him yesterday and I was talking to him about the Francis Ngannou fight because that, uh, if you recall, like the, they fought, it was a very quick fight. Francis Ngannou was a beast, quick hands, took one, one really good shot. And that was it lights out. But he, the next fight he beat uh, Junior DeSantos and, and the recovery period, you think about that, like getting, getting knocked out in the cage to come back the next time and to, to not even have like a, an inkling of like, of, um, of you've been there, you got knocked out last time, but you come yeah. back and you're, it's, it's just like, you have to do it on a daily basis. You every, every five yeah. days you get on that mound and even pitcher uh, to batter to batter, you have to, yeah. to clear your head. It's a completely different world. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's so many correlations with the with the mentality of, you know, fighting and, and what I do on the mound. And the only thing is, like, you know, getting knocked out. Like, that's – you're waking up in the hospital. You're in the hospital. Like, if I have a bad game, I'm, I'm just showing up to the field the next day. You know what I mean? No problem. And so, you know, there's that fear. There's definitely that mental game that's going on with a fighter that's on a completely different level than, than me. But, you know, definitely of, like – having to throw every five days or when I'm throwing out of the bullpen, having to, you know, literally throw, say you give up a three run homer to give up the lead. Literally that next night you're back in there in that same situation and your team's relying on you to get the job done. And just that mental battle of like, you know, accepting that challenge and not, and, and not necessarily um, 
being afraid of that challenge, but just enjoying it. Like how, what, how much, how much joy, how much can you enjoy, you know, the bigger the challenge, the more enjoyment that you find in it. And so like, almost like challenging yourself and, and, and battling against yourself. I think that's like, you know, fighters, I hear Conor McGregor talk about that all the time. It's not me against whoever I'm fighting. It's me against myself. And I'm, and I've just able to beat myself. I'm able to beat my mind and all the doubts that everyone generally has in their mind. I don't have those because I'm just able to beat those. And so, it, you know, digging into that a little bit has been super fascinating to me and, and trying to relate that on the mound. You know, Michael, um, the one thing that I, I have a kid who's growing up, he loves baseball. Like that's his sport. He loves it so much. One question I have for you as an athlete, when did you figure out that you were better than everybody else? Like, when did you realize that you were special? Yeah. I mean, there's different levels for sure. Like little league, you know, is a little different. Um, I was definitely the, probably the, the better one of the little league. And then, um, you know, you play travel ball and a lot of the kids are good and the team that I played on. And, and, you know, as you grow up, you go through different phases of growth to where, you know, half the team has, has went through a growth spurt and you haven't gone through yours yet. You know what I mean? And so now you've fallen back on how, on your development to where everyone else is pushing forward. Cause you know, one of their strides to first base is three of yours because you haven't grown yet. You know what I mean? So like there, there's, there's been a lot of ups and downs where it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be really good. And then, you know, you're like, oh wait, you know, I'm not, I'm not as good as anyone anymore. And then, but you know, for me, I always just tell people and tell kids like it's consistency. It's, it's just showing up every single day and being consistent. And it's so easy to get distracted. And I want to say like literally 95% of the people that I play with is like, you know, distractions come and it's in me. I just tell myself if I just keep, if I stay disciplined and stay consistent, I'll keep moving forward and, and let kind of everyone else get, get in their own way and, and make my job easier, you know? Mm. And so if I, if I kind of follow that path then I, I like my chances. And so, you know, I, I had an older brother that was drafted by the Dodgers as well. When he was 18 years old at a high school, I was only eight or nine years old at the time. So, even even then he made it possible in my mind to say like hey being a professional is is, is a possibility so that was implanted in the in, in my mind at, the, at a very young age that it that it was possible wow that's that's awesome i didn't know that that's crazy it's a it's a small world i realize like as you start to like move up to like different uh you know leagues and positions you realize that it's a very small world and you start to just connect to the right people. And it's, it's just amazing. So that's, a, I didn't know about your brother. That's awesome. And then let me yeah. ask you about, about, um, about the fighting. Cause that's what, the, that, that's what intrigued me too. Like, I, I mean, I watch ball players. Everyone's cool. Everyone, you know, I, I love sports. I'm here in New York. We talk sports all the time, but I like the connection of like MMA and fighting to other, yeah. other athletes. How did yeah. you get into MMA? Like, how did you actually like, what, what was the first fighter that really got you into it? Yeah, so my bro my brothers were big into it. My brothers are ten and and nine years older than me, and then the other one's four years older than me. And they were they were into you know Tito and Chuck Liddell, and so I was watching it way back then when you know Zions was sponsoring um, yeah. the UFC, and like we were getting my brothers were taking all the Zions supplements because, you know, <laughs> and so I remember that, and then I I followed it you know just from kind of a distance for a while, and then Connor. Connor McGregor came out and I'm like, dude, the guy, the guy was just so transparent about the way he thinks mm -hmm. and the way he does things and his approach to everything that I, it just, I felt that instant connection with him. Cause I, I went through an up and down rookie year and didn't, didn't like the way I finished. And I thought it, 
the the way I finished wasn't physically bad. It was more like mentally, like my, my mind got in my way. It wasn't, it wasn't my stuff. I, I was always good enough. I still am always good enough, but it's always like the mental aspects that might get in the way. And so finding a guy who's like super transparent about the way he thinks and the way he approaches the game and, and is really good at it and goes out there and does what he says he's going to do for me, it just blew my mind to like, I just, I just went into this deep study of, you know, who he was and how he thinks and his approach to everything. And, and it, it's honestly, it's made me like a way better baseball player when it comes to my approach to, to the game. Um, and so, yeah, like really, really him is who got me, you know, pulled me back into it. And I still follow him pretty closely. Mystic Mac for sure, man. Uh, yeah, you know, it's amazing because he does have that star power and you see the change in his personality between what he did against Aldo, the Nate Diaz fights, uh, the Eddie Alvarez fights, and then this past fight with Dustin Poirier. It was yeah. compl- it's a completely different person, I feel like. Am I, am I wrong with that? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think um, yeah, he goes, through, he goes through different phases of like how – I think it just depends on the fighter and how they present themselves to him, and, and that's how he's like, okay, that's how I'm going to approach it then. You know, if you're going to come at me, then I'm really going to come at you and different things. Because like even with Max Holloway when he first fought him, it wasn't too crazy. You know, it, w- it was like, you know, I respect him. He's a good guy and, and stuff like that. So I think it really comes down to like, all right, if you're going to try and come at me, I'm going to show you like – it's not going to work for you. And uh, so it's, so yeah, but he, he's evolved uh, quite a bit. And I, I just think, you know, him maturing and having a family and growing up and, and now he's got his whiskey thing too. Like it's just, it's just a lot different, but you know, for, for a guy to, he, he has all the tools. Like I love the way he broke down his last fight for me when I, when I watched it, I was like, man, he's really just boxing. And I love the one thing that I loved about him is, or is like when he came up was always his unpredictable shots that he would talk about. Like I have so many shots that you guys haven't even seen. Like I'm so unpredictable. And I wanted like, that's what I loved about him is you just never knew what he was going to do. He's going to throw a flying knee. He's going to throw his kick. He's going to throw shoulders. You know, back. He's got the shoulders. He's got <laughs> this, you know, and it seemed like he really wanted to box, um, Dustin Poirier. And, and, uh, after the fight, he said it. He's like, the thing is, like, I when I fight him again, I have the tools to win the fight. I just brought the wrong tool to the fight, to be honest. But I have the tools. And that's, like, that's 100% correct. Like, he doesn't need to redraw anything up. He doesn't need to do anything crazy. His, his mind is where it needs to be. He just brought the wrong tools to the fight. And he's got all the tools that he needs to, to win any fight, I believe. Well, Michael Lorenzen is watching UFC, Conor McGregor, pay-per-view events. Uh, where where are you? Are you at your home? Are you around people? Do you not want to be around people? Are you private? <laughs> are you sipping whiskey? Like what what's what's Michael Lorenzen doing? So I I'm generally I'm at I'm gonna be at home in my own environment and then I'll invite whoever wants to come over can come over and watch it. But I'm making sure that like it's it's my TV, everything. I'm in control <laughs> of all that stuff because I don't want it going black or going blank all of a sudden and uh-huh. me missing out. So there and then, um, you know, I had a teammate that was awesome enough to um, invite me to Joey Votto took me to um, Connor's champ champ fight when he won that fight. So we were there at Madison Square. Oh, Garden. yeah, me he too. Had, that was awesome, dude. Yeah, unbelievable seats. And that was like, it, it was insane. So that was that was pretty cool. And actually, at that fight, I, um, I ended up DMing, um, you know, social media, right? It's like the connection to everything. I ended up DMing his his movement guy, Ido Portal, who's like, 
you know, out of Israel and stuff. And I've been working with him since 2017 as well and, and in touch with him since 2017 as well. So I've just been doing different stuff like that. It's been awesome. That's great, man. That's, that's fantastic. Have you, have you, was that the first fight you ever went to uh, UFC-wise or you were, you were at other events prior to that? You know, that was the first fight I'd, I'd ever been to live. So wow. pretty, pretty solid first fight. Uh, if you ask me uh, i would think I, my first fight was at the prudential center it was i'm trying to remember who was the main event i remember frankie edgar was on the card back in like 2009 we were all the way up on the rafters and then like eight <laughs> years later it's like at msg i'm like this is this is crazy it's like a, it's a whole different whole different world but it's just i was at the nate diaz um bmf fight the uh, oh there you go at all but i mean listen yeah i i wish i was at the uh the uh, the the Jorge Masvidal Ben Askren fight like that's what, what do you think about that by the way what do you, what do you feel about like the Ben Askren versus was it Jake Paul that's coming up how do you feel about those type of fights I don't uh, man I I don't know I guess I guess if what well, guys want guys need to make money so why not like it's it's a job you know you're getting punched in the face your entire life you deserve to make some money um, and if the I think Jake Paul's that is that's his name if if by fighting him gets gets Ben Askren a nice little payday. Why not? You know, why not? So, Askren's deserve it after that last knockout with Masvidal. <laughs> he definitely deserves it. Do you think he has a chance? I because I asked this. You know, listen. You don't have to get into it. I don't know you might have ties with Ben Askren. He's a good dude. I don't think he's gonna get knocked out because I think he's got more defense than uh, Nate Robinson. But I mean, it's it's something I don't want to really watch. So I'm just kind of nervous as an MMA fan. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. I I have. I have no idea. Um, I think I just think like like we talked about the different language. He speaks that language. He speaks that you know com combat language to where, um, like Nate Robinson, he he played basketball, and you know you don't really speak that language, even though you right. may try to. But I know that the that the the Jake Paul, you know, he, he's new to boxing too. But I feel like he's got that youth on his side to where he's literally. He's sparring probably every single day, throwing haymaker, taking shots. You know what I mean? Like he's he's in the war because he's got the youth, that youth on his side to be able to do those things and bounce back the next day. So it's just a different animal when it comes to training and prep. So that's where I think Jake Paul kind of like was able to get way ahead of Nate Robinson when it came to that. Like he had youth on his side. He was able to train as hard as he wanted to when it came to sparring. And all. I saw some videos on sparring, man. He looked good. And he, he was throwing shots. and like. I'm sure he took some too. I'm sure he took some too, but he's like, he's, like I said, he's young, so he can bounce back from them, you know? So, but Ben speaks the language and, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll, you, I'll watch it for sure. You're, you're going to watch it. Did you watch, did you watch the Tyson fight? Did you watch the, did you watch the actual Tyson Jones? I, I think I had something going on that right. day. Otherwise it doesn't make sense for me not to have watched it. So I'm thinking I, I must've had something going on that day for me to not watch it. I, I couldn't do it. Like I've watched Tyson's like exhibitions before. Like it's not too impressive. But I mean, listen, I'd I'd watch like a Legends League with Mike Tyson. I do like that aspect of it. I do. I kind of like it. I don't like the exhibition aspect of it. But it's like just to see though, because in boxing, there's really no star power right now. Like I I do want yeah. to be star power. The star power is in the MMA world right now. You know, like look at Bellator. You see the Bellator stuff. The um, they have like a Grand Prix coming out. Like Yoel Romero went to Bellator. Yeah, That's pretty nuts, yeah. Dude. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it just kind of, sometimes it just takes that one, one guy, that one superstar to bring everyone to that sport. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're watching the main card and you're watching all these other guys fight and then you develop connections with those guys. That's kind of what Connor did for me to where I, you know, he brought me back into the sport and 
literally everyone that he's fought, I can tell you about them. And, and, you know, I follow them now and, and, and stuff like that. And then guys that are on the, you know, undercard, I've fought, I've watched those fights. So I get to know all of them. So it, generally it kind of, it usually just takes like, you know, that Michael Jordan type of guy, which is, which never rarely comes, you know, if you, if the sport has one, then good for, good for the sport. But um, sometimes it just takes one to bring everyone in and then everyone all, all of a sudden you start learning everyone's name and, and their styles and their personalities and different things like that. And the sport grows no pretty question. neat. Uh, Michael Lorenzo, before we let you go, anything you want to promote, anything in particular you want to put out there? Um, yeah, I just, we just did this um, YouTube video with Rick. Uh, he works for, you know, the UFC and he's done, done a bunch of video for them. And, and he hit me up at Ruka and he put together, he came out and did a day in the life. Um, so if you get a chance, you know, search it, search it on YouTube, find it on YouTube, give it, give it some support. Cause that guy's the man. And, and we're going to try and do some stuff. We're going to, you know, depending on how strict the regulations are during the season, we wanted to put some, put together some good content for fans to tune in and see what it's like to, to make a start and, and see what's kind of going on throughout the day during the season as I prepare for a start. And even after too, like just my reaction to, if I if I have you know an unbelievable outing or if I get you know lit up and mm. and don't want to see the camera and want to you know tell him to get out of my house <laughs> but he's got to film it anyway so we'll see you know we're thinking about doing different things like that and do yeah you, just give it some support do you think uh because one thing that we like I'm a big baseball fan like that's that's my true love I love baseball awesome so so I want my kids and I want my, my everyone to love it too it's it, you see other sports you see NBA you see NFL doing a good job and I feel like it, it MLB is trying to do it as well is there something that, like what you're doing right now is there a bigger scale too for your team and for everything else to have more access yeah, that's, you know, I think we're, we're still in that transition stage of, you know, allowing the guys to do what they want. I think there's the, the older generation is kind of phasing out and, you know, they were good, you know, for that generation. But, you know, we're, we're losing a lot of young fans and a lot of young minds because, you know, the other sports are doing a way better job with the social media and stuff like that. And, and baseball players are kind of, as of now, they're just – you know, you follow a lot of guys and they don't even have any social media or anything like that. And, and the guys that do, it's almost like to look down upon, you know, you know, when I first came up, that was the case. It's like, if you have a social media, like, and you use it, you know, you're kind of looked down upon in the clubhouse and different things like that. But now I think it's changing and it's transitioning into, you know, we, we can see what, what it can be used for and we need to grow the game. We need to not be so selfish with it. And like, you know, hold everything internally. Like we need to give the fans the access because that's what all the other sports are doing. And that's why their sports are growing way more, man. When, when fans are connected to the, to the human being that's out there performing, you know, that's, it doesn't get any better than that. That's why they want to show up and, and, and watch. So, you know, trying making those connections and genuine connections with fans, it's going to be um, a big deal in the future for me. We'll keep doing what you're doing, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time. And hopefully, you know, stay in touch. Like I said, please, I would love to have you back on again. So, thank yeah. you. Good luck this season, too, man. Thanks, man. I'll, I'll be back for sure. I appreciate you having me. You know, I just love that perspective. A couple things I love about it is, uh, you know, I like the fact that, you know, they can relate to the fact that, that they need, need to do a better job to promote to the younger fan. I really do like that. I also like the, the fact that, 
you understand where he came from and how he got to the level he's at. You know, I always forget to ask all these people and all these fighters of like your journey. When did you realize that things were a little different? Because sometimes you never realize it. Sometimes you just kind of go for the ride. Uh, but it's kind of cool to hear Michael Lorenzen's story, his older brother getting drafted by the Dodgers to make make it feel like this is actually possible that that playing baseball as a livelihood, as as a living, as a job, is a possibility. That's that was really cool. Uh, but thank you to him, uh, Michael Lorenzen, that is, and thank you to Yorzinio Rosenstrike, uh, heavyweight fighting this weekend on UFC in Vegas twenty. Um, I please don't forget follow me at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter. Uh, that's the show Twitter page, and then at the Hoff WFAN. I will have my picks along with some other people giving their picks. Um, so just follow that. I will have them out tomorrow, Saturday morning, uh, at some point in time when they release the whole card. Again, we just never know who's going to get knocked off, whether it's for COVID reasons, whether it's a injury, whether it's Something related to health that always ends up popping up. So I hate throwing out picks and then you guys, you know, uh, not being able to see or not, not not that you guys won't be able to see, but I hate throwing out picks, you guys seeing it and then something not, not happen. And I, I just hate to throw out picks like that. So I wait till the card is finalized. And even then there's issues that have to be adjusted to. Uh, next week, UFC 259, I plan on having a, a nice big round table with a couple people, a few people, and we're going to break it down because that's Aljo and Peter, Peter Jan and Israel Adesanya and Jan Bohovitz, and then you got also Amanda Nunes, Nunes and, and Megan Anderson. So that those three fights are alone are ridiculous. It's going to be a great card. We're going to break it down more next week, uh, next, um, next Friday. But also, if you're watching this or listening to this or whatever it is, I have a show on WFAN, 660 AM, 1019 FM in New York, Sunday morning, 2 to 6 AM Eastern Standard Time, that is. Uh, So check me out. Uh, I will give a live reaction, hopefully. I keep on saying I'm going to do it, but I will give a live reaction, hopefully, um, right after the fights or during the fights. But then I might be able to talk about it on air, too, if you want to call in. So follow me at the Fight Fan, WFAN, at the Hoff, WFAN, and uh, check out my show this Sunday, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. on WFAN. I will see you guys next week again uh, with the next episode. We're going to have some cool guests coming up again, as always. Hopefully a little roundtable for UFC 259. But for now, enjoy the fight. Enjoy spring training. And I'll see you guys next week. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.